Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped, honored, and excited that you have joined us for what will be a cracking episode. This week, we're joined by sales guru, Ronald Richards. And during this episode, we talk everything mindset, sales, and what is required to ensure you achieve sales success. And with so many different thought leaders talking about what you should do and what you shouldn't do, Ronald breaks it down, and he is a true guru at what he does and an expert in the world of selling, just like all the other experts that we bring you. But Ronald, this I really enjoyed this conversation because it's raw and it just delivers some incredible messages. So before we get into it, we have a message from our sponsors, Vanilla So guys, for all of you out there, for most sales professionals, we are all using a CRM. You know, CRM was designed for managing relationships. However, sales engagement is designed for starting them. Now, current stats indicate that sales reps only contact new leads about 50% of the time and make less than two attempts to contact them and are only about 35% productive. CRM is the wrong tool to engage sales prospects. VanillaSoft is a sales engagement platform like no other. It allows you to rapidly turn marketing qualified leads into sales qualified leads. So guys, if you're using another sales engagement platform, stop right now and head over to VanillaSoft.com. Get yourself a free trial because it will help you close more deals. It will help you have more conversations so you can get more opportunities in your pipeline and close more deals. So thank you to the team at VanillaSoft for bringing you this podcast on how to close more deals. So before we get into it, please like, share, rate us wherever you listen to podcasts. Continue those messages, they continue to inspire me so we can bring you the best guests, so we can help you be the best sales professional you can be. Welcome to the show, man. Luigi, what's going on, man? Thanks for the invite. Oh, mate, awesome. How cool is it that we've got, uh, you know, a couple of international, I've been interviewing some some guests from all over the world, man, and I've been hanging to get you on the show. Well, dude, I have been waiting to be on because I see <laughs> Some of my rock star friends that have been on, I'm like, hey, they can't be on and not get me on. So, I'm- <laughs> well, man, this is going to be epic, dude. So, uh, I really appreciate you spending some time in your um, in your day to to get on the Sales IQ podcast. Uh, but before we get into this this show to talk about sort of you know how to develop the next generation of sales leaders and great entrepreneurs, um, we'd love to know how you found yourself into this you know wacky world of selling. Wow. So here's the thing, Luigi. This has been something that I've been doing literally my whole life. Okay. So yeah. this October, I will be celebrating 25 years as a professional seller. Right? I started my career in the jewelry industry um, in retail, which I, I, I'm, I'll, I'll admit I'm a, I'm a little biased, but I think that great retail sellers are some of the most amazing sellers um, that you can find. And here's why in, in that retail world, 
you really learn the importance of relationship building. You really learn the importance of, of finding and creating some sort of connection with your prospect quickly, right? And so yeah. that translates to the to the B2B world and and the corporate world. If you have that basic fundamental skill set, man, you can really do a lot of things. So that's where I started my professional career, but would I say that I've been doing it my whole life? I've been doing it my whole life. I started um, when I was mm, seven or eight. little background on me. <laughs> my parents were entrepreneurs as well. And so I grew up in yeah. a household where um, you know I was always involved in business. My parents are very young, right? So my mother's 17 years older than me. So as you can imagine, you got some young Whoa. parents raising, you know, kids. And so if they're involved in something, I'm involved in something. So yeah, they owned um, several different retail businesses and, and I was right there along with them. You know, I was the kid that was, that was working the cash register. I was the kid that was taking yep. deposits to the bank. And, you know, I learned a lot of things that, most kids don't learn when they're in single digits. You know, I learned how to, how to do add-on sales. I learned how to do, how to create marketing pieces. In addition to that, my mother was one of Jehovah's Witnesses as I was growing up. So, so okay. I, I spent many a Saturday knocking on doors and my mother yep. won't agree with because she thinks that, you know, she, she, she would be the one. <laughs> that it's not selling that you are preaching the word of God. I will tell you that it's selling. <laughs> so, yeah. so, so I really got a education in, in selling and door to door sales from a very young age. And yeah, so that, that was just always part of my DNA and part of my just fundamental teaching. And so it was, it was really no big deal when I got into the professional world and got into the corporate world and got into the B2B world and, and knocking on doors and, and doing those things that a lot of people find difficult really came second nature to me. Yeah, man. Well, if you're doing it from such a young age, and I hear, man, like, you know, religion, I know it's a really touchy topic and, and one. We won't get into too much detail about today, but, you know, I often say everyone lives by selling, right? So if we're trying to influence, if we're trying to help people change from a current state to a future state, then they're selling. Um, and I say this all the time to my kids, you know, when my kids start trying to sell me on something and they're only selling the feature, right? And then this is why, you know, why I want it. I'm like, flip it. Tell me why you need it. Tell me how it's going to benefit you and benefit us. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, everyone can sell a feature and, uh, but it takes the skill to actually help a person realize the potential that they've, of what they've got to help another person. So I love that story, man, that you, you know, you really correlated the fact that you were, you know, door knocking from a religious perspective and how that's selling. Yeah, absolutely, man. So that, that's, that's where yeah. it started. But again, growing up in an entrepreneur household, um, we, my parents were always involved in businesses and, and uh, yeah. that is fundamental in business, being able to sell, right? Being able to sell the market. Mm. If you can't sell in market, you're not going to be in business for too long. <laughs> and tell us, growing up in that type of environment, um, I mean, what were there any low points where your family, you know, where business wasn't going as well as it could? Well, I think that um, I, absolutely, yeah. There's there's, there's no yeah. question that. But but what I learned at a young age and what's carried me through in my career, you know, again, 25 years in sales and, and nearly um, almost 20 years in entrepreneurship as a 
uh, official entrepreneur. I've been, <laughs> I was always, I was side hustling before side hustling became a thing. But, uh, <laughs> you know, what I learned from my parents and I carried on into my own career is that you do what it takes to be successful. Here's what I mean by that. You talk about hard times. Um, when, we, when we're talking about hard times, we typically mean financial, right? We typically mean financial, yep. which in business, that's what's going to happen. You're going to be, you're going to have those financial lows. Um, but what I learned and what I, I not just learned, these are things, actions that I took is that you do what you have to do. You work jobs, yeah. you, you work one job, two jobs, whatever. So as my parents were creating businesses and growing businesses, I, I mentioned, you know, some of the retail businesses, they also had jobs too. They had jobs. So we, yeah. I, I watched that firsthand as they balanced jobs with businesses. And so as I started my first business, there were at one point I had two other jobs, you know, I had two yeah. jobs at the same time as starting and, and growing a company. So, um, I learned that, you know, those, those, those hard times, you're going to have them. Uh, it's just part of the game. Um, and I also learned through that, that that's how you pay your dues. Like being successful as a seller, being successful as an entrepreneur is something that you earn. It's not something that is hmm. a, a birthright for any of us. So my mentality was a little yep. bit different. Each time we go through that tough time, we go through those tough circumstances. To me, that is me earning my stripes, man. That's that means I'm one step closer to to winning. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. You know, it's something you earn because I think, you know, I find it hard. I think that entrepreneurial phrase gets thrown around a lot, right? And the Gary V's of this world, who I absolutely love, have made that that term cool, right? Like, yeah, I want to be an entrepreneur. I want to be the guy that's, um, you know, making change and all that sort of stuff. But I think we kind of tend to forget what's required to be an entrepreneur. And we all think, yeah, you know, and I love the iceberg theory. And I've got a, um, behind me, I've got the iceberg illustration that says, you know, people see success you know, they say, oh, man, look at this guy. He's killing it. He's fucking, he's got the car. He's on the speaking circuit doing this. Yeah. But they, they don't realize what's sitting underneath that iceberg. Yes. And that, you know, there's some people like, that's why I love the story of Elon Musk. They say, man, this guy sold bloody PayPal. And the next thing he, he invested all his money and he had no cash to pay for rent. You know, that is the, that is the crazy element of what entrepreneurial is, that they, you go all in. Um, and, and that's one of the things I think we sometimes in sales, even sales is, is, that, is that typical place where we go, there is a lot of hard work to be number one. Absolutely. And yeah, and sometimes we, we don't, we're not, you know, some salespeople aren't prepared to do the work required to actually achieve the results they want to achieve. No question. But th that crosses over into to anything, right? Whether it's salespeople, mm. entrepreneurs, whether it's an accountant. It's, it's all the same thing. Yep. So, so let me tell you my, give you my take on, on entrepreneurship and, um, and, and what I'm really about. So first, let's, let's really um, explain what entrepreneurship means, what an entrepreneurial mindset is, which is really what I talk about yep. and, what I, and what I preach. An entrepreneurial mindset is about two things. It's about, it's about taking ownership and accountability ownership and accountability, right? And so if you're a seller out there, what I see a lot in sellers, I do sell, I coach a lot of sellers and sales leaders. What I see a lot yeah. is excuses, right? And, and here, here's what I mean. 
let's say you work for X company and X company has provided you a CRM and they've provided you whatever else, some basic tools. And you figure out, you know what, man, I really need this other tool or I need this to be successful or I need that to be successful. So you go back to your company and you're like, hey, I need this. I need that to be successful. And the company says, well, we've given you what we've given you you know, be successful. And so what mm. sellers will do is they'll, 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 now they'll, they will blame the company for not having success. So, oh, and you know, they're not providing me what I need. Well, if you're taking an entrepreneurial mindset, you know what you're going to do? You're going to do what it takes to be successful. As entrepreneurs, we don't get the luxury of saying, oh, well, I don't have that resource or oh, I don't have it. No, you create that resource. You get outside of the box and you go make it happen. You do what you have to do. You can't control your circumstances, right? But what you can control is how you react to those. So go ahead and take an entrepreneurial mindset and make, make it happen. That's what I tell a lot of sellers. Now, the second part of that was the accountability factor. I love how you mentioned, um, and, and first of all, before I say this, let me say, hey, Gary Vee, tons of respect. Tons of respect yeah. for this guy and his success and, and lots of guys like that. But I will tell you this, um, I have a, <laughs> I have a term, Luigi, maybe you've heard we've trademarked it, but it is called entrepreneur porn. Okay. And what I am <laughs> and what my job is, is to combat entrepreneur porn. I have to be the counterbalance to entrepreneur porn. Entrepreneur porn are these things that we watch these, this, whether it's content, whether it's Shark Tank, whatever it is, it's things that get people really geeked up, right? They get them really excited, but it doesn't really give them the substance behind it. It doesn't give them substance to go out there and really be successful and give them a proper uh, perspective of what it is that they're about to, to get into, right? So I use Gary Vee as the example because all of their marketing, which is genius, and they've done a fantastic job, yeah. and he sells a shitload of K-Swiss, so good luck. I mean, that's awesome. <laughs> Good for him. Yeah. But people consume his content in 60 second clips. And those 60 second clips are, yeah, quit your job. Go do it. You're awesome. You can, you know, th those sorts of things without really understanding what else it's going to take. Not really mm -hmm. understanding um, the downside of doing those things. So I like to educate people to everything. And I'm going to still coach you up. I'm going to still give you that Gary V. Go get it. You can make it happen. But I'm also make you run laps because a coach before I do that that pre that that pregame speech where I get you fired up, I got to kick your ass in practice. I got to make you run yeah. laps. I got to make you do push-ups. I got to make you do the things that are going to be make you successful, right? So that's that. I, I didn't want that to get lost. I wanted to talk about that. But <laughs> back to your yeah. the, the second part of what I said is accountability. Um, a lot of people that are getting into whether it's 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 entrepreneurship or leadership, sales leadership. Everyone wants to be the boss, right? Everyone wants to tell yeah. people what to do. Everyone wants to, wants to take control. But what they don't want or they don't realize is equally as important is the accountability that comes with that. Are you comfortable with being accountable and responsible for the bad for the wrong decision, for doing something that you're not supposed to do? You know, um, a lot yeah. of people aren't really don't really understand that piece. Right. So that that, that comes with yeah. it. It's easy to say, oh, I want to. I want to be my own boss or I want to take control and all that sort of thing. But you know what? There's a tremendous amount of, of responsibility that comes with the, with that sort of um, independence, right? And accountability. Yeah. Like that, so. Absolutely. And you know what? Some people like that, you know, this, this, I see the debate around leadership versus management and people saying, stop micromanaging and, 
You know, it's not the way to get the best out of your people. But some people need that in order for them to achieve their goals, right? And this is where I'm challenged by that, man, especially salespeople, man. I'm a start look, if I can talk like this, you know, brother, because I'm a sales guy, man. Um, I've, I've, I've broken my bones, you know, taken many knocks. And I'm going to say this, man, I've fucking up, right? I've gone out there. I've met executives. I've, I've completely ballsed up the meeting, right? Mm-hmm. Um. I've made mistake after mistake after mistake. And I've also, when the time, you know, when I could, if there was a shortcut, if I could skip the discovery and go straight to, you know, the close, I would because, you know, I had targets to achieve. If it wasn't for some of the leaders that I had or some of the managers that I had really writing me to say, no, no, focus on the process, focus on the process, I wouldn't have developed the skills that I've got today that are, you know, that are so unique in in our industry. Mm-hmm. But you know, talk about because you, you're all about developing the next generation of sales leaders. Absolutely. And, you know, there needs to be a place for that management, that accountability. People need to be held accountable. Like at the moment, I'm struggling. To, I, I'm really keen on fitness, right? Mm-hmm. And, dude, I was religious to get up at 4 o'clock, out by 5 o'clock, back by 6. Like, m- awesome routine. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm struggling to maintain that focus. And, you know, one of the things is I haven't got an accountability buddy. I'm not running with my running group at the moment. So my my reason for getting up isn't there. And, you know, there's a whole couple of other reasons for that. But um, if I, I've just hooked up for F45 um, because I uh, I need that accountability. Yeah. So talk to us a bit about that. Here, here's, the, here's the most important thing. Now, I'm talking to sales leaders right now. I'm talking to sales leaders. So... Sales leaders love having the conversation about accountability. They love it. Why wouldn't you? Yeah, you know what? Need to hold my sales, my sales reps accountable. Sounds awesome, right? Yeah. It is awesome. But here's where they're what they miss. There's accountability works two ways, right? Both ways. Yep. The most important part of accountability in terms of holding sales accountable is that you have to be held accountable to them as well, sales leaders. Hmm. have to be held accountable as well. What does that mean? That means you do what you say you're going to do every single yep. time. You know, one of the questions that I get asked all the time is, what is, what are some of the, the best qualities or as a sales leader, what, what is it? What is a great quality a sales leader should have? And I answer it this way, consistency. <laughs> okay. Predictability. Yep. Pred- no surprises. Predictability right? That's what happens when you have a a culture of accountability. If a seller does something, they know exactly what's going to happen, right? Because I've been consistent. I've been consistent and I'm disciplined. And so that, so I'm I'm accountable to them in terms of delivering what I need to deliver to them. But that reverse accountability is there. They're going to be accountable to me as well. So it's really about when you're trying to establish that culture of of, of accountability, it's again, goes, it's going both ways, right? And sure that, um, we're delivering on what we need to deliver on. Cause again, the most, the easiest thing is to, to, and this is where guys totally screw up and they go wrong. And what they do is they lose their sellers. They lose their sellers because Luigi, if I'm telling you, listen, man, you've got to deliver this, this, this. And then at the end of the day, at the end of the week, whatever, I'm holding you accountable to that. Um, well, but at the same time on my end as a sales leader, I'm flaky about things. Some things I don't take as serious as others. Um, are, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm too emotional or things like that. Like that undermines what it is that you're trying to do and what you're trying to create in, in that culture of accountability and really getting the results at the end of the day. Because for me, I'm, I'm a results and outcome guy. That's what it's all yeah. about. Yeah. 
everything that I do, everything that I teach, everything that I coach is all about outcomes and results. And sometimes we get focused on things that aren't <laughs> related to yeah <laughs> related to outcomes and it takes us off track but if we stay dis- as sales leaders we stay disciplined we stay focused on outcomes we'll always and create that culture of accountability you'll be good to go yeah man that's awesome can i ask you right if i because you know we talk about sales coaching and the importance of sales coaching and me man my my honest opinion is it's probably one of the most fundamental things especially in sales right is that coaching component um, if you're not, you know, if coaching, nurturing, um, you know, is, is not one of your strengths as a leader or in the flip side, if you are a salesperson and you're not, and you're not receiving that from your manager, what are some of the things that you can do if that's not something that's a skill set for the leader, um, to create that coaching environment if it's, if it's not a skill that you're good at? Okay. So first thing, the, the the leader. If you are not a good coach, you're not a good leader. You're not a leader. Yeah. <laughs> period. Yeah. So you need to address that. Uh, go find a coach. Go do something. Skill up. Period. Yep. You know. Um, and and sales. We need leaders. We need leaders. Sales is like it's like sports. It's like the military. Like you know, you need people that there's a there's a big emotional component to what we do, right? There's a big um, there's a lot of failure in what we do. So you need people that are truly leaders that people want to follow, right? So if you are a sales leader right now and you feel like, man, I'm just not so good at coaching, well, either do something else, get out, <laughs> get out, we don't need you, or go skill up. Period. Get better. Yeah. Now, from a from a sales, um, an individual contributor, a seller that has that challenge where their their sales leader or their their manager is not a good coach, and which it happens a lot. You know that there's a lot mm. of managers out there. It is what it is. Um, listen, this goes back to what I talked about initially entrepreneurship, right? If you're taking yeah. an entrepreneurial approach to your life, to your business, what are you going to do? Are you going to sit and complain and bitch and moan, well, my sales manager is not a good, he's not a good coach or she, she doesn't mentor me, right? No, you're going to go find that coach. You're going to go find that mentor. Invest in your own success. That's what the entrepreneurial mindset is all about, investing in your success. And so if that means you got to spend some money, go spend the money. Go find a coach. Yeah. Pay him, pay her. That it's it's your future. It's your success. At the end of the day, that sales manager, they they they're not tie, as tied to your success as you are, right? Because if you don't perform, what are they going to do, Luigi? Absolutely, man. They're going to cut your ass. They're screwed. Yeah. Right. <laughs> it's, yeah. Go do what you have to do. Invest in your own success to be successful. Hmm. And it's a hard right. Like I feel for these leaders because a lot of these sales managers get put into the role not because. They're great at managing, but because they were the best salesperson or they were a salesperson that got thrown into the deep end and go, man, you need to manage a team. Great. And they were given, you know, they were given no training, they're given no sort of rhythm. Um, and yeah, okay, the sales forces of this world, the Microsofts, some of these big organizations have, you know, sales enablement um, heads around the country, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or around the, their region. And they've got coaching coaching frameworks and all that sort of stuff. But a recent study from CSO Insights shared, I think, you know, the average sales manager spends about 14% of their time coaching. Mm-hmm. 
So if we think about this, right, if we think, okay, the world at the moment, anywhere between 50 to 60% of salespeople aren't meeting quota, but yet only 14% of sales managers are coaching, yeah. man, there's a direct impact between the two, right? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because I'm a big sports fan, man, and I, I keep, and I know people say you shouldn't use the analogies of sport versus sales, but I'm like, but hang on a second, how much time is the coaching coaching the sports team, right? How much time are they on the park training? rehearsing man doing plays right and the defense coaches with the defense team and the attackers and you know like if they weren't doing that would they be a great team yeah and and whoever says that they can go kick rocks listen <laughs> That's you know, right. is, it's it's competition it, it it's yeah there's no better analogy you know you made mention of of sales leaders and how typically Becoming a sales leader has to do with being a successful seller and you get promoted, right? I'm a great seller. Yeah. Here's the thing, though, what people miss is that the, t- the skill set that it takes to be a great seller and the skill set it takes to be a great leader, a sales leader, are like on total opposite sides of the spectrum. Yeah. Let me give you an example. What, what sports do you like, Luigi? Well, I'm a big round ball fan. So soccer, you call it in the US. Ah, okay, cool. So I love this. So let's use soccer as an example. Okay, so soccer, you call it what, round ball? I call it, we, oh, look, it's, it's the world sport, football, but in Australia, we call it soccer. I still call it football, okay. but in America, they call it soccer. All right, cool. So I, I can go football or, or soccer. So here, here's the thing. <laughs> the analogy is the same regardless of how, of how you say it. Take a great coach in, 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 in football, right? Typically, yeah. the best coaches we're not the best players, right? So you look at, yeah. uh, we'll look at, uh, who's the best player in the world? Ronaldo, right? Yeah, Ronaldo. Yeah. Be a shitty coach, right? Why? Mm. <laughs> because what make R- Ronaldo's greatness allows him to do things that most mortals cannot do, right? A coach's yeah. job is to get the most out of each individual, to take a look at that individual's talents, maximize their talents, help them to maximize their talents, right? So typically, players that end up in coaching and being great coaches are players that were mediocre. They weren't exceptional. Yeah. They were mediocre, but they learned that how to do how to get the most out of themselves. And so they're able to coach people on doing that same thing. So my advice to sellers that are high performing, that get in, to get in these roles is like, man, you have to humble yourself for number one and go back to step one. You got to forget all the things that made you successful as a seller. Mm. A lot of those things that made you really successful as a seller for some of these people that are hyper, that are just out of this world producers, like a, um, like a Ronaldo, you can't teach that. Mm. I can't teach yeah. what Ronaldo cannot teach you to be Ronaldo. <laughs> he can't yeah. do that. He's got some things about him. Like me, for, I'll use myself as an example. Listen, I, I was born with this great ability to, to, to communicate. And yeah, it's one of my superpowers, right? Um, yeah. Now, I can't teach you to do me. I can't teach you to be me. But I, I can teach you certain skills and talents to get the most out of you. Right. So yeah. going, bringing it back full circle to, to, to the coaching and, and how it relates. See, for all your people that are listening, we're like that before this, that we're like, uh, you know, I don't want to hear another sports analogy. Boom. I just did. <laughs> it worked. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, okay, guys, skill up, take a step back. Sellers have a tremendous ego. If you get into that, 
or high performing sailors usually have tremendous ego. You get into that leadership role, humble yourself, go backwards, bro. Mm. Start over. You're at square one because it's not the same skill set. It's not me. It's we now. And so when you're in yeah. that mentality, you got to learn how to make people better, not make clones of you, not make clones of you, make them the best version of themselves. Yeah, I love that. And that's our tagline, be the best person, you know, best sales professional you can be, right? And I keep saying this is when I train and coach our salespeople, I say, I don't want you to be like me, man. I say, I'm, I'm, I'm here to help you get the most out of yourself, find your personality. You've got to put your personality in a call. You've got to put your personality and your trait because people buy you. They're going to fall in love with that part of you, not me, man. Absolutely. Right? And I'm, I'm obsessed at the moment. I've been researching this for such a long time of what makes a high-performing sales professional, right? And because a lot of people say, well, I can't, I can't be the number one. But I think what – and what I loved about what you said and, and why leaders got to go back because – if we look at the traits of high performers, right, it is, it's selfish. Like they are selfishly, you know, they're selfish with their time, man. Mm -hmm. They are like, no, no, I know what I need to spend my time on. And if that doesn't involve, that doesn't involve speaking to you. I can't be there speaking at, you know, uh, around the coffee table, you know, on a Monday morning because I've got shit to do, man. I've got people to call. I've got, I've got, I know what I need to do to move my dial, right? Absolutely. They're competitive. Um, there is a bit of ego. Right, but I want to ask you. Like, you've coached a lot of salespeople, man. Um, what are some of those the behaviors and attributes that high performers exhibit from your perspective? So, first, first, let me quantify high performer. Um, we've all yep. seen it. If you've been in the sales game for <laughs> for any length of time, you've seen the the shooting star. Right, that's the one yeah. that comes in and kicks ass, and like, and then they're gone. Right, and that's typically yeah. one that 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 they, gets the a lot of a lot of attention. It's the one that gives us all a bad rap, right? That's yeah. people that aren't in sales think that salespeople are. Think they're that guy. That guy is the guy that comes in and does and says whatever they whatever it takes to close a deal, right? And mm. they don't deliver on the back end. That's why they're out. They'll come in, they shoot up yeah. superstars, and then they're gone, right? So what? The attributes that it takes to be a successful seller, it's funny, man. Um, if you, have you ever, I, of course, Luigi, of course you've seen this. Of course you've seen this. You've seen Boiler Room, right? Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hate that fucking movie. Here's why. Yeah. <laughs> because it gives people an unrealistic um, viewpoint on what it is that, that we do, right? And what it takes to be yeah. successful and in sales and it and it and it's really perpetuates that myth that it's about fast talking and um you know doing whatever it takes so we can drive around lamborghinis and stuff the most successful salespeople are boring it's boring mm -hmm. you know why because here's it's not sexy to say that hey i find the pain i provide value and then i give them service mm. <laughs> that's that's what yeah. it's about understand Understanding, listen, it's less talking and more listening. Understanding what the pain is. What is it? It's an art form. I love this. It's understanding what the pain is, right? Then going ahead and I'll give you a crude analogy that I've used for years in training my own salespeople. Talk to your prospect. Find out. Find the pain, right? Find the pain. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing about pain. Unless you're experiencing it right now, it's not 
that it's not something that's top of mind, right? But it has yeah. super powerful um, thumbprint or, or whatever you want to call it, handprint inside of your soul. <laughs> okay, so I say, look, yeah. through your discovery, you don't find that pain. Once you find that pain, you're going to take a knife and you're going to stick it in that pain and make it as big as possible. You're going to mind them of that pain. They're going to feel that pain. And then yeah. your solution is going to be the biggest band-aid heal all that they've ever had. Right. That's what yep. you, <laughs> that's, that's what we do. Right. So um, yeah. Anyway, back to your initial question and what, what they should do. It's basically a, if, if you can be consistent, right. Stay disciplined, be consistent. And be someone that actually cares about providing good service to your customer because successful sales people have clientele and that clientele belongs yeah. to them, not the company they work for. They move. If, and I would ask sellers right now, ask yourself, if you change companies tomorrow, would your people follow you? If they, mm. are, if they would, man, then you're doing what you're supposed to do. If they're there because Absolutely, man. you got the best price, you got the best technology, it's not about that it should be about you yeah it's fun man i love what you're saying ryan that's why jeffrey goodamore says you know um don't make a sale make a customer yeah because the sale is just a transaction man and 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 the customer is someone that's going to buy from you again and and i you know going back i want to go back a step because you go to boiler room and yeah you know they're cool movies right but i i hear what you're saying man and i completely and utterly you know that's that's part of my mission and this there's a lot of us around that are we want to differentiate, you know, what we call empty suit. Larry Levine from, um, from, from your end of the world, selling from the heart, you know, he calls it empty suit salespeople, commission breath, yeah? There's no substance behind it. And, you know, I was on Instagram this morning, man, and, and an ad came up on my, uh, just a sponsored ad, and it was, you know, I'm not going to bag people, but it was the wolf, right? And his ad was telling me I've got to sign up for his course because he'll give me the, you know, he'll give me the secret that makes millions of dollars and yeah. it's his persuasive sales system i'm like you know what man i don't want to persuade anyone <laughs> it ain't my job in sales to persuade someone to buy yeah right uh -huh. if i've got to persuade man then what i'm doing something really wrong and that's what i really want you know us as a profession we're going to separate us to say you know what that's not that's not sales man yeah that's coercing people to do something they might not necessarily want to do. And guess what? We're just going to burn people. Yeah. That's what I loved about what you just said. You know, that's I don't put that in the category of high performance because, yep, I can, I can say anything you want to hear, to buy, uh -huh. but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm delivering value to you. I'm helping you achieve a better state. Sometimes the yep. best sales is when we tell them what they don't want to hear, man. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, because what we're striving to do is we're striving. You said, Larry said sales and the customers. Here's what I teach and I preach. What I want to create in my business is advocates. I want you to be an advocate mm. for me. I want you to be a soldier for me because you know what advocates are, will do? Advocates yeah, will sell for you, right? And that's what we want. And that's what successful sellers do is they build advocates for their business. And when you're building advocates, what comes with advocates? Well, referrals come. And customer loyalty comes and low attrition rates, high retention rates. That's what we want. That's how you build a successful business long term. So if you want to go check out Jordan Belfort and he can teach you how to make quick money that's going to land you in prison in another year to go <laughs> power to you. But if you, want to, if you want to know how to build a career on this, 
Go find some old, boring guy <laughs> who's been doing it for yeah. 30 years. He gets it and it's <laughs> love him. Absolutely, man. This is so awesome. And so, mate, one of the things that I love also about, you know, looking at your content and stuff is your focus on mindset, man. Mate, you able to share with us, you know, how do you maintain such a positive mindset? It's hard. It's hard. Um, mm. Listen, this is I, – I, I, I know there are some people out there that just have um, – they're just naturally bubbly and all that. I am not one of them, okay? Yeah. It takes concerted effort, and I think a lot of us are not those people. So it takes an effort to, um, to see things, see the positive and everything. One of the things I've had no issue in doing, it's just kind of part of my DNA in, in business, because you know, in business, we, we encounter tons of obstacles and tons of seemingly th- things that are seemingly failures. But yeah. one of those things presents another opportunity. And that's something mm-hmm. that, that's how I look at things. Like, you know, when I'm faced with an obstacle, um, there's no stop. It's, there's no stop. It's kind of like the, uh, the old Bruce Lee thing with the, with water, how he t- talks about water and water just keeps moving forward. You can put a rock in front of it and it just changes its course, but it still keeps moving forward. So that's really fundamental in me in terms of how I address um, issues and obstacles. I'm just always, it's like the challenge of finding, okay, what is the opportunity in that? The second piece of that is um, in, in terms of staying positive is, man, your tribe. You got to have yeah. people around you that support you and believe in you. And, um, and if you don't, go find them. Start doing, you know, one of the mm. things about we made mention and talk about LinkedIn before one of the biggest assets in LinkedIn, people look, a lot of people look at it just from a standpoint of, Oh, okay, I can find business or I can find customers. No, what you can do is you can find strength. You can find knowledge. You can find growth, start putting out content. And here's this magical thing happens. Your tribe finds you. It's magic, Mm. right? Because people that are like-minded people that vibe with what you say, people that vibe with the things that you, that you post they will start to gravitate to you. And those are people that you can build a strong um, network and, and tribe around, man, that, that, that can help you to stay positive, that can help you to, to, to keep going when things get tough because we all get it. And it really takes yeah. effort, um, at least for me, you asked about me, at least for me, it takes an effort to make sure that I am focusing on those positive things and, and I bring it back and I, I don't do that negative spiral. And Last but not least, and I have no problem. I love talking about this stuff. Um, mental health, bro. Mental health. Therapist. Oh, I got a therapist. Do you? You know who else has a therapist? Uh, every, pretty much every, the, you mentioned Elon Musk. Elon Musk has yeah. a therapist. All the, all the top guys have therapists, and so do I. So why not? Yeah. Talk about coaching. It's no different. Like, yeah, absolutely, mental health man. is super important. So therapist, therapy, Nutrition, diet, I, I tried anything I can do to give myself an edge. I'm all for it, bro. Yeah, I mean, it, see, that kind of, you know, captures that whole entrepreneur, not, not even entrepreneur, the, the mindset that you've just shared with us, that is, for me, the definition of success, right? Because it's about going, well, I don't approach, you know, give you LinkedIn. I don't, I'm not approaching LinkedIn as a way to just promote the shit out of my services. It's about, you know, connecting with people. It's about creating a tribe. It's about... You know, there's people that are going to resonate with my message, learning. That's that is a mindset. I say this. That is a complete mindset. Yep. Um, and that rock analogy that you just talked about—that's 
absolutely brilliant, man. You know, the water doesn't just stop, it adapts and finds a way around. Um, and so I love that that, that you shared um, with me, man. So I really appreciate that. My pleasure, dude. So, mate, I want to ask, I ask every guest this question. In your opinion, is sales an art or a science? Um, art, 100%. 100%. Yeah. I, I am, God, I'm such a student of, well, sales and business. And again, yep. <laughs> given all my time in this thing. Um, so here, here's the beauty of, of sales and why, one of the reasons why it's an art. You have one product, <laughs> okay? You have one yeah. product, whatever your company does, right? And you have to present this to a multitude of different people from within different industries and different backgrounds. Here's what you have to do. You are painting a picture for each one of these people. And that picture mm. is the, it's the same picture, Luigi, but it has to look different to each and every one of them based upon what matters to them. <laughs> you feel what yeah. I'm saying? So I may be painting the Mona Lisa, but that, that Mona Lisa appears to you. But then Carl needs to see, um, he needs to see, I don't know, I'm not a, a Rembrandt, right? He needs to see something yeah. in, in that style, right? But at the end of the day, it's the same picture. I just have to make sure that I'm painting it and I'm and cre and making it palatable to you and I'm catering it to you. That is an art, my friend. Is there skill and technique that can be applied to that? Absolutely. Well, every great artist use skill and technique, right? Brush strokes. Yeah sorts of things. But at the end of the day, it's art. And what we do is art, man. We're creating and it's beautiful and I love it. You know what, man? That is the best answer I've had, man. Yeah. Like, when I think about it, right? What, that is beautiful, man. Like sales is an art because the, the picture that we paint, the same picture is different. We're going to paint it differently for different people. Like that is insane. Because you're right, we're dealing with multiple stakeholders, especially when we're selling enterprise or, you know, what sold, I say this, the message that I delivered yesterday mm -hmm. or the last hundred times to a hundred customers, for some reason tomorrow, that message is not working. Absolutely. Because it's, you know, it, the message is, is a perceived message. It's the other person's hearing it, seeing it differently to those other hundred, man. Mm -hmm. You know, I love that, man. Like that, that, that for me, I'm going to, you know, that, there's my grab. Brother, that's the grab that I'm going to put out there to say sales is an art because I've had many responses. People go, no, it's a science, man. The science is we know the data. We know how many touch points. We know what we need to do. But hang on. When does the sale occur? Is it the amount of touch points? Is it the, the funnel? Or is it when the human talks to a human and they hear the message, right? So, man, that's sick. So thank you so much for sharing that with me, man. Um, now, mate, in your career, I know that you spoke earlier about, you know, um, your mom and business, but, you know, who's been the biggest influence in your, in your sales career and why? Man, that, <laughs> that is a question that, <laughs> wow, uh, you put me on the spot on that one because there are going to be some people <laughs> like, okay, right now, better say me. You better say me. <laughs> I will tell you this, that um, without kind of pointing out anyone in particular. I have had some people that um, along the way have been very um, influential and, and kind of, and had the coaching mentality that you and I talked about. Um, I'm a guy, yeah, given yeah. my background, given how I was raised, given where I came up, I'm a, I'm a guy that was pretty, pretty difficult to, to, uh, to coach, right? Because I'm a, I'm a type A, I'm a type A and yeah. 
I know more than you. <laughs> right? <laughs> that's when I was the kid in, in grade school. I, I didn't respond well to teachers because I felt I was smarter than them. So it takes yeah. someone with, with patience and real true, you know, intelligence to really like get through to me. Right. And so, yeah, um, yeah I mean, it started with my, with, with my family and, and, and my parents, but beyond that, I've been fortunate to have a couple of people that I call friends to this day that were very, um, influential at certain points. I mean, what, what makes me, me is largely from my family. I guess I was bred to kind of be who I am. Um, but these guys kind of helped me along in the professional, in the professional realm and, and, and helped to, to give me direction. So the message in that is that I want people to, that are out there listening, because there's some sales leaders out there right now that are listening to this, that have them, that have a young Ronnell, right? Like this guy that just is not very patient, really talented, but um, just wants to go just kill it and grab, grab the world by the ball, so to speak. Mm. Um, have patience with that guy and bring him in, nurture him or her. And um, yeah, and, 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 and that person and take that challenge on. And uh, yeah, I mean, so I, I was fortunate. And again, I just... I have a lot of, <laughs> I got a lot of friends, Luigi. I don't want anything <laughs> left out if I, if I name drop and don't name somebody else, but you guys that were influential, you know who you are. Yeah, that's awesome, man. And we'll have to uh, share this with them, brother, because this has been an epic episode. So, man, I've really enjoyed sort of getting to know you further and your story and, and, and your view on, you know, entrepreneurship, business um, and sales. So I want to say, man, I appreciate you. And uh, but and that term, that response that you've said, you know, the way the way that you look at sales as an R has has absolutely whacked me in the face, man. And um, so I want to say thank you for joining us on the Sales IQ podcast. Hey, Luigi, thank you for the invite. And dude, thanks for your patience. I was a hard guy <laughs> down for this, and you're awesome for not. That's <laughs> <laughs> no, all. And man before i let you go where can we find like where can our listeners find you so that way and we'll also put that in the show notes so guys i really want you guys to make sure that you're following our business and bourbon content and business and bourbon is my podcast which you can listen to on any platform out there it's a it's yep. really a top 200 itunes podcast check it out it's really fun it's really dope it's about wisdom and business and it's super fun and you've never heard anything like it. Um, second, uh, LinkedIn, that's, that's really where I do a lot of, do a lot of damage. You can Google me, Ron L R O E L L Richards and, or go to Ron connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, yeah, I'm pretty active. So shoot me a DM if you want to talk or you got a question for me. Uh, I try to follow up within, it just kind of depends on the week, <laughs> 24, yeah. to 24 to 48 hours. Um, check out the stuff that we do and make sure that you're, you're looking for our next event. Could be in your town because we're doing events all over the place. And our event, we are working on it. I'm working on an Australia trip, Luigi. I'm working. Oh, bang. Well, yeah, so well, mate, when you're when you're coming out, we'll make sure we promote the hell out of it, brother. Love it, man. Thanks, dude. Well, thanks so much, man. <laughs> <laughs>